Central Way congregation. And we love them. Brother Casa ministered here last year a couple of times, and I'm thankful for that, that ministry, and I'm thankful for the anointing that God has on their life. I, I don't know how you're going to work this out, but Sister Lindsay, I want to hear from you, and I want to let you greet the congregation. I know you got a baby, but you told me he slept well last night, so Brother Jeremy, that's your calling. Multitasking is built in when you become a mom. Um, it's wonderful to be here. There's a wonderful spirit of God in here, and um, it's really good to see everyone. Um, last time I was here, it was under a secret. He was in my stomach, but we didn't tell nobody. Um, it's just such a liberty to praise and worship in here, and I just understand. I, I feel like there's a lot of shame or not understanding the, that the worship that you have here is so anointed. And just to lift your hands and be able to praise God. Like, just thought, think about anyone around you. Like, sometimes I can't, because I got him in my, in my arms, but you don't know how special it is, even if you've just been here a week or 10 years or 20 years, just to be able to lift your hands. We don't know how much time we have left on this earth, but what we're doing in heaven is what we're doing here. So practice it well. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Um, we're going to wait for a stand here. Amen. How many is excited to be here? Amen. It's good to see so many new faces since the last time we've been here. And uh, old faces, Not I don't mean age-wise, but, you know, faithful saints' faces. How about that? Amen. It's good to see you. Even if you walked in here one day and I haven't seen you in a while, but... God bless you. We, as my wife said, there's a wonderful spirit of worship in this place. And take it not for granted because this you don't feel anywhere else. You could have been singing other songs and lifting up other idols in the world, maybe in a past life, but today to worship the one true living king in spirit and in truth together, holding up holy hands, lifting up the name of Jesus. There's nothing like it. It's so tangible, the faith in this side of this room, that somebody can get the Holy Ghost. Somebody can get the Holy Ghost today at the altar call, or even if you feel prompted to come up here. You don't have to wait for me to finish. I'm not a long-winded preacher, amen? So I won't be here long. Um, I'll give a little context, Elder Flowers. Uh, my wife and I came here originally for a tennis tournament, my, my tennis tournament. We made playoffs, and... Uh, we, they hosted it here in Yakima, at the Yakima Tennis Club. So I said, hey, Lindsay, let's go out to Yakima, and we'll rent a hotel for all the way through Sunday. We'll join the Sunday congregation, you know, probably go to Union Gap, because, you know, we're, we're coming back to Sela on August 6th, so let's just join our brethren there. And I was thinking to myself, honestly, that we were just going to receive. We we're going to come in, fellowship, see everybody, and be part of you and just receive the ministry. We've already received so much just from uh, the reception yesterday and seeing you guys later on in the night at the restaurant, fellowshipping, and it's rich. 
But one thing I've noticed is my oil always gets refilled every time I pour out. Amen. This is a principle all through scripture. Like the, I heard it at summer conference, the widow that only had a little bit of oil left. And she tried to belittle it and say that it wasn't enough. But what she has was enough. She just had to be willing to pour it. And even though I'm willing just to just come here and receive, when my elder asked, or our elder asked, I said, okay, I will come in and bring a word. Amen. So this has definitely caught me off guard. Okay? Amen. But I feel so much in the Holy Ghost because I've, I've noticed enough when I have just this one scripture and someone asks me to speak, I have no time to prepare. It's probably for one person. Amen. One person or a few, but I hope this word receives well inside of your hearts. Uh, Brother Timothy, can you go to uh, Proverbs chapter 7? We'll read from verses 1 and 3. Pause there. Proverbs chapter 7, verses 1. My son, keep my words and lay up my commandments with thee. Keep my commandments and live. Here we go. And verse 2. Keep my commandments and live, and my law as the apple of thine eye. Verse 3. Bind them upon thy fingers, everybody say fingers, and write them upon the table of thine heart. Bind them upon thy fingers and write them. You know, before I would read this and just say, okay, Lord, you're writing just like the commandments on, on when, you, when you gave Moses the, the Ten Commandments, or the commandments, you wrote them on, you engraved them on stone. It was your finger that came down and wrote on them. Lord, when I read through Proverbs 7, I'm like, write, write your law upon my heart. Uh, the psalmist even says, Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against thee. Put all, these, all this wonderful scripture and I may live. Your law, put it here on my heart, Lord. But Solomon simply writes in three, Bind them upon thy fingers, upon my fingers first. That way I can write them myself, for myself, upon my heart of flesh. It's your job, it's my job, it's my wife's job to be able to know the word of God intimately, and I can pen them, engrave them on the, on the deeper parts of my heart. And I notice that there's a, there's a pattern, there's a theme here, and the, we're going to read through the whole chapter, or we'll probably breeze through it, but there's a theme of a young man, and Solomon is writing of a young man that is pursuing wisdom and the effects of when you don't listen, and there's folly that awaits. Let's keep reading. Verse 4, Say unto wisdom, Thou art my sister, and call understanding my, thy kinswoman, that they may keep thee from the strange woman, from the stranger which flattereth with her words. For at the window of my house I looked through my casement, and beheld among the simple ones I discerned among the youths, young man void of understanding, passing through the street near her corner and went the way to her house in the twilight in the evening in the black and dark night and behold there met him a woman with the attire of an harlot and subtle of heart she is loud and stubborn her feet abide not in her house she's in the streets now is she without now in the streets and lieth in wait at every corner so she caught him and kissed him and with an impudent face and said unto him I have peace offerings with me this day I have paid my vows 
Therefore came I forth to meet thee diligently, to seek thy face, and have found thee. I have decked my bed with coverings of tapestry and carved works with fine linen of Egypt. So she has plenty of substance. And it's almost striking that the writer is saying that this lady is not just a random lady or a physical being, but it's, it's the principle of not listening to wisdom. What's the opposite of being uh, wise? You can foolish. It's folly. Depicting folly as a wise person that knows and that has plenty of ways to make a person slowly diminish, that knows how to call a person and what, what can entice them to commit sin, that can come in in the middle of the night, forget Forget what they have. This is, they, they probably have all the blessings inside of the church. They probably are like King Solomon, raised up in royalty. But yet, as I'm walking in the dark of the night, when no one's looking, here meets me out in the streets, folly. I'm not heeding unto wisdom. Verse 17, I have perfumed my bed with myrrh, aloes, and cinnamon. Come, let us take our fill in love until the morning. Let us solace ourselves with loves. For the good man is not at home. He is gone on a long journey. He hath taken a bag of money with him and will come home at the day appointed. When I was reading this, I was thinking of just the Lord. Because there's other scripture in the gospel that says that he is the good man of the vineyard. And he sends his sons and... This is, he goes on a long journey. He took a bag, and there's an appointed time when he's coming back. Beckon to what the Lord is trying to say in this place today. Whatever thing that is hidden will be shown out in front, but there is an altar, there is grace, there is words of wisdom, there is instruction all in this house to bring us back to a place of humility, to bring us back to a place of right standing before him. Amen. This is the word that is playing out before a man that commits these. We are in a wonderful house of worship. The anointing is still in this place. It will continue to flow. Amen. And before we go out these walls and these doors, God wants us to really remember that these fingers aren't just made for us to raise our hands, but they're for us to grab hold of this word from our elders, from the preaching, from the singing, the words. They're not empty words, but they're words for us to write on the tables of my heart, on the deeper parts where they take root. And I know that I cannot sin. I can't. I got to stay away from those streets. I got to stay away from this house. I got to choose my circle wisely. There is counsel, there is safety in the multitude of wisdom, in the multitude of counsel. With her much fair speech, she caused him to yield. With the flattering of her lips, she forced him. He goeth after a straight way as an ox goeth to the slaughter, or as a fool to the correction of the stocks. Till a dart strike through his liver, as a bird hasteth to the snare, and knoweth not that is, is for his life. This wasn't just for an injury or he lost a few uh, shekels of silver or gold, but this was for his life. The writer wants it to make it clear that this is life eternal. There's a spiritual death after here. What we do here, what, our, our, what, our, what we choose to do with our actions have eternal rewards or they have eternal 
damnations. Hearken unto me now, therefore, O children, and attend to the words of my mouth. Let not thine heart decline to her ways. Go not astray in her paths, for she hath cast down many wounded, yea, many strong men have been slain by her. Her house is the way to hell, going down to the chambers of death. How many people in here work construction? Any construction workers? Maybe two, one. There's three constructions. Can I see your hands, the palms of your hands? Brother Dean, you probably work construction. Uh, you probably wear gloves. Brother, do you have a, a bunch of calluses on your hands? A little bit. How many is uh, a drummer? I, I, I heard a really good drummer earlier today. Somewhere over here, he's probably on his way to Hawaii. We have a really good drummer here, too. Amen. And they probably have calluses on their hands, right? And then we have people that knit and crochet. I won't exclude the ladies, but some ladies, they crochet. I don't know if that leaves marks on your hands. What do you do, sister? Yes. What's your favorite hobby to do? Swimming. So then how many get wrinkled fingers when you swim? That's a very good one, sister. You swim. I know these kids probably love swimming. I wish we had a swimming pool today in our hotel. Unfortunately, we don't. But it is hot. I will tell you that on this side. We actually lost our tennis tournament yesterday because of the heat. I'm still sweating in here. From yesterday. This is yesterday's sweat. Amen. I make light of this, of our, of our hands. and what um, It has a history of what we do. I know people... Um, they look at this, the, the, like lines and all the, uh, what, what are they called? The markings of, not palm readers, I'm sorry, brother Vance. Uh, but they could tell a lot by a man's hands is what I'm trying to say, right? And I want, if anything you get from this today, is if you can walk out of this place and commit to the Lord that I want the fingers of my hands to always be diligently flipping through your pages. If you have an app flipping up on your, on your screen. But I want to commit today, Lord, I want to be wise. I don't want to be like the foolish one where I get overcommitted with stuff in this world and it's the busyness of life takes me and I forget to be diligent and somehow a word from folly says, come into my house. I have tapestry, I have myrrh, I have aloes. Let's come make our fill of the day. It's dark of the night and nobody's looking. It's okay. There's a good man that's gone on his journey. Jesus isn't physically manifested in this place today. Here, it's, it's easy to be accountable in the house of God. It's easy to be accountable than when our youth are at youth camp or youth convention. But when we're out there, isolation, the enemy, he, it might... He might think that he has you in his grips in, in the decisions that you try to make on your phone or at your workplace with your words. But I tell you, when you have, when you have the ability the, and you have the understanding that these hands are writing constantly on tablets of stone of my heart, you see, it takes engraving. It takes a lot of pressure to be able to press down on stone, does it? Does it not? You can't just lightly tap it. You, have, you can paint on it. You can paint on it, but to make an indent, you have to really push down on stone. I, don't, I haven't had anything prepared. This is all just come and hear me. 
You have to put pressure into the softness of your, into the hardness of your heart. If your hearts are hard today, I heard it through the songs, I heard it through here. Verses 3 again on chapter 7 of Brother Timothy. Bind them upon thy fingers, write them upon the table of mine heart. I pray, Jesus, right now that every heart in this place would be soft and malleable, whether their heart is concrete or stone or steel, Father. I pray, Jesus, that they would have an open heart, Lord, today at the altar before they walk out of this house, that the tables, Lord, would be meshed with your word, Father, from the beginning of your book to the end, Jesus, that you would speak to them clearly. Your word is life, Father. Man shall not survive on bread alone, but by every word of God, by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. It is the only sustaining thing that will keep us alive. It is the only thing that will keep us away from the wicked one. He tempted Jesus in the wilderness with the word. While Adam and Eve were at the, in the Garden of Eden and they were at the tree of knowledge of good and evil, he used the words of God and twisted them and he said, Surely, God said, you, that you will not die. Subtle movements of the enemy. Subtlety in folly. Subtlety of our minds taking it easy. We might not take it easy on purpose and say, I'm going to probably take three weeks off of church and I'm going to go out and just go on vacation. That's subtle. Or I'm just going to go out and backslip completely and I'm just going to go off the deep end. But folly, here the writer is trying to say, it comes to us in a, in a subtle form with fair speech, which causes us to yield. Hold on, what was that sound? What was that that caught my eye, Brother Jared? What was that over there? Let me look this other way. This is wisdom that would come from the tables of mine heart. Amen. What keeps us away from a prayer life? So when I, this scripture came to me, I was just reading through the chapter last night, going through folly, and then I wanted to ask the Lord, so what else comes along with this? Because I know that I, I'm just going to read one scripture, Lord, tomorrow, but what else comes along with this? And he said, busyness. Busyness will keep me away from pursuing him, sister. I'm not, I know many of you here, have been serving God faithfully. And you say, well, Brother Jeremy, I, I've been serving God for the X amount of years. I'm good. But if you look at the writer, who wrote the book of Proverbs? And the psalmist even wrote, Thy word have I hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. This isn't about being perfect. Brother, we won't be perfect in this life. Only Jesus came and he lived and walked. God manifested in the flesh and walked according to his words. And he, and he was pure till the end. But it's about maturing. What, the, what else does the psalmist write? A, that a righteous man falleth seven times, but he arises. He gets back up. This is not about hitting everything. A, B, C, I did one, two, three perfectly, Lord. I, 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 I'm here. I will make a mistake. I will fall. My wife and I, we're not perfect. This is going to be preaching for a marriage, but we learn to come back together after a disagreement. It's not easy at times. Some arguments or disagreements are a little bit harder. We miss the mark. We might slip a word. 
this is being real. But when I humble myself and say, Lord, I have to be the high priest of my home. I have to lead by example. How am I going to raise my son to be a good godly man, to be able to forgive quickly if I can't exemplify the same thing? I might miss the mark, but I know by Scripture that I see every man of God coming back to the Lord with their face towards the ground, humbled before the throne, and they say, God, I missed it, but Lord, if you would receive me again, take me. Take me away from the busyness of life. Amen. Let's go to Matthew. Uh, Luke chapter 5. Okay, let's read from verses 12, Brother Timothy. Sorry to give you scriptures last second, but I know you're, oh, you're there already. Don't even need to apologize. This is a story about Jesus healing the, the, the leper and uh, a paralytic. Verse 12, And it came to pass when he was in a certain city, behold, a man of leprosy, who seeing Jesus, fell on his face and besought him, saying, Lord, if thou wilt, thou canst make me clean. And he put forth his hand and touched him, saying, I will be thou clean. And immediately the leprosy departed from him. And he charged him to tell no man, but go and show thyself to the priest and offer for thy, for thy cleansing according to... According as Moses commanded for a testimony unto them. But so much the more went there a fame abroad of him, and great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. I want to pause there really quick. Imagine yourself in this setting, maybe even as Jesus or as one of the disciples. Brother Jared, you could be Luke. Brother Vance, you could be, you could be Peter. And just seeing the great healings of the uh, of the man Christ Jesus, right, Sister Pat, just right before your eyes, and you see somebody walking and saying, what was that? Then all of a sudden, it's day after day, healings, uh, healing the blind, giving, giving sight to them, making the lame man walk. Your fame, your notoriety is like just increasing by the, by the day, by the hour. I mean, they don't have newspapers, they don't have IG, they don't have all of these things, but still Jesus... Fame was, it, it, it was like wildfire. And here in verse, six, verse, verse 15 it says, uh, And a great multitudes came together to hear and to be healed by him of their infirmities. Not once did Jesus let his lifestyle in this moment or as he walked three and a half years in his ministry get to him. He always remained in a posture of prayer. He always knew one thing was so important to his relationship, to, his, to his, his integrity. In verse 16, we read, uh, Brother Timothy, and he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. And he withdrew himself into the wilderness and prayed. I don't want you to lightly read over this right now, but this is principle to everything between folly and wisdom. No matter how busy you get in life, you always have to find a solitary place. This might seem elementary, but I tell you, if King Solomon and King David could find a place where, oh man, the kings of war, Joab, go out. I'm going to take a break. And then all of a sudden, here comes Uriah and Bathsheba. And even Solomon would probably hear the, the sin of his father, and yet he still couldn't prevent it. 
Because we read the, the, the amount of concubines, the, they, they influenced oh, the wisest man to ever walk the earth, Brother Jared. His train, all of the, the, the horses, the chariots, the possessions of silver and gold, the way that even his servants were presenting themselves to him, even when the queen of Sheba would come and they would, she, would, she said that, no, the breath of her was out. She, she, couldn't, she barely even could breathe any, any longer by seeing the greatness of Solomon. Solomon arrayed in all his greatness but still could not prevent folly. Hear me today, church. No matter how far along, whether you're new, because this scripture in Proverbs 7 is appealing to the young man. It's appealing to the new people. You have everything in your power today. You have all the blessings of Sunday school, of youth camp, of everything, your elders, to pour into you. I would take advantage of it. Teach them how to war with your fingers. Teach them how to fight with your hands, how to fight with your hands, war with your fingers, how to, how to get this word so indwelled in your heart that when you're out there and the influences of media or politics or of your school of workplace, as you get older, you don't get influenced to the point where, I want to go with you on a Friday night. I don't need to go fellowship with the hyphen. I'm going to go here. But, you know, I know these godly principles are sticking with me right now. I can't make that decision. No matter how far along you get, you can't be like Solomon nor David. These men are just like us. They're human, and God brings us to a place of repentance. But no matter what happens, Jesus withdrew himself into a wilderness and prayed. He made room in his busy schedule, Sister Flowers, attending to five beautiful children, to a husband, to be able to cater to a church. It's life grueling, but I have to find a place of prayer of myself between me and the king, and I can drown out everybody, my work and everything, and I can just get in the presence of God in my dwelling place with the Most High where I can abide under His wings and He can wrap me and say, God, Son, I'm going to pour back into you everything that you poured out into this world. I see you every day pouring into your kids. I'm going to refill you right now. I'm going to give you strength. But all you have to do is just get to a place. I see you at your bedside. I see you in your couch praying as Jesus walked up to Nathaniel. He said, what did he say, Elder Flowers? He said, I saw you while you were praying under the olive tree. And he was so impressed when Jesus, with Jesus, <laughs> he was so impressed to the point where you are the Messiah. And he said, greater things will follow. Jesus sees every little piece of prayer that you can muster up. No, there is no small prayer that is not significant in his sight. Something that God brought back, I want to share this really quickly. God something brought my little prayer life back into remembrance. Long time ago, uh, maybe I was about 12 years old. Let's say 12 11, somewhere around that area. My mother sent me to a little town called uh, Neosho, Missouri. Anybody know it? Joplin, Missouri? Jo okay, Joplin, okay, Joplin, Neosho, Missouri, yeah. 
my mom, my mother sent, had the, had the impression just to send, oh, I'm going to send my oldest son over there. I believe without a shadow of a doubt today that that was God impressing her. My uncle uh, was the first of my family to even dare get to attend a different type of uh, religion. We grew, Islanders were all Catholic, devout Catholics, but my uncle was a little bit hungrier than most. Definitely hungrier than uh, my family and just would open up his words. His fingers probably started picking up a little bit of sensation like, wait a minute, how come I can't read this for myself? Why does this say this? So in a little town in Missouri, he drives around all day long looking for a church and he comes up into, he pulls up to a, a little church called Living Springs Fellowship, Apostolic Pentecost Church. Really small, I remember the side of it. He pulls up to the fence and just something comes over him. Mind you, he has not felt the power of the Holy Ghost as we feel in this place, the, the level of faith. But what he feels, you got to remember, as such were some of you. We were, out, we were out there in the world, but I'm sure there was somebody that ministered to you one day, and you felt that call. You felt what, what, what Elder Hart was saying. It wasn't the bright bubbly personality but there was an anointing there was the it was the spirit of God that was dwelling in the man that was dwelling in that place that touched my uncle he gets out of the car goes in talks to the pastor and that becomes his church his wife gets the Holy Ghost baptized I think one of his sons gets baptized and gets the Holy Ghost long story short my mom sends me over there just to be with the family for a summer sure enough he brings me along with him and I attend this apostolic church as a 12-year-old for the whole summer. The youth pastor, thank God for youth pastors. My wife and I are youth leaders today in our church, and we love it. And this is my opportunity to pour back into our youth at Life Church Federal Way. It's a wonderful calling. And she's a blessing to me to be able to fit that. Um, but this youth pastor, Brother Corinne, I think, he pours into me every day. He picks me up. We go play basketball. We go get ice cream. And he just teaches me how to pray. And I'll never forget. I have never. The worship services. Imagine the first time that you came in here and somebody with the anointing of the Holy Ghost playing. Like Sister Flowers. Or somebody playing and singing Sister Mays up here. And you could feel the love of the Holy Ghost pouring out. A 12-year-old. I'm not nearly as understanding as I am now. I'm not saying that I'm smart. I'm by far not. But as a 12-year-old, tears would stream down. And I remember everything that was uh, the whole experience. I don't remember every single preaching. But I I it's, it's so vivid to me right now, even as I'm speaking about it. But I would come back to Washington, Lakewood, Washington, and I think we attended a few Catholic masses. I can't remember. Maybe Christmas or an Easter here or there. But I remembered I would always, before I fell asleep, I remember I'd always pray. It wasn't some Holy Ghost calling down rain like Elijah on Mount Carmel, but it was just a simple prayer. Lord, you touched me so much while I was in that little town with my uncle. I'll never forget the preacher. I'll never forget what I feel there. I don't know what my future holds. I'm just a young 12-year-old. But something impacted me to the point where I wanted to pray. I had to pray. 
I had to get into this isolated place. I didn't know the magnitude of this little prayer life in a, in a boy. Well, how it would draw me back years later. I'm 39 now, but at age 30, God would send a man to pull me from, from, a, from a job that I used to have after I got to the army. He's in our church right now, Brother Nino, and he would pull me in, and I would come back and step in an apostolic church. And here I was, another 30-year-old. This is what I felt many, many years ago. And you heard every single little prayer that was made on, inside my little room on that futon. I want to remind somebody here, the, the words of, Proverbs, of King Solomon is, is beckoning to the young man. Write your, this law, every word from this book of life on your fingers. That way you can write them on the tablets, on the tables of your heart. Once you do that, they're engraved to the point where you can go and you can quote scripture in a moment when you're feeling depressed, you're feeling angry, you're feeling anxious of a situation, but you're able to say, Lord, you're only one Lord. Even the devils know it. I believe who you are. They can't question my doctrine, even though my friends don't agree with me. I know that you are the peace everlasting. You are the mighty God. You are the one who will save me. You have come to seek and to save. That which was lost you are the great I am you know these words so so lovingly Lord you have good thoughts for me not thoughts of uh, you have an expected end for me Jesus I have this word that I can cling on to I can go back and reference I might not have the exact the the location of the scripture but I have elders I can I can go to somebody and I can ask hey elder I'm struggling with this, and I might be a little too ashamed to ask, but can you, can you just go over this? I was reading this. I tell you, if you can beckon unto the Holy Ghost right now, this wasn't a word just from me that I manufactured. I wasn't aware of me coming here. I was In preaching, I was just coming to be fed. But I'm being fed right now as I'm ministering to you. My oil is being filled, and I hope your oil is being filled right now. I don't know if I want to pass this back to Elder, but I want us to, us to pray right now quickly before I pass it to him. Jesus, don't let the busyness, Lord, of life, Father, get in the way of you and me. I need to seek you diligently, Lord. I know that you are a rewarder of them that would put their whole heart for you towards heaven, Jesus. Father, Lord, bless every young man and every young lady in this place. Every old person, it does not matter the age, Father, but I can't get too busy for you. Let me draw away from my life for a little bit, Jesus, first for a moment in a season every day. Let you be mindful of me, God, and every prayer. I pray, Jesus, your blessing, Father, go upon every young person. Let them write your law upon the tables of their heart. Father, teach their fingers how to fight and their hands to war in this place. For I know you are calling people to a greater purpose. In the name of Jesus, in Jesus' name, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. Amen. Why don't you stand? Thank you, Brother Casa, for ministering to us. I feel the presence of the Lord here. If you're here today, the Lord wants to speak this to you. 
If you are here today, what's been shared here today, the Lord is wanting to speak it to you. Not the person beside you, behind you, or across the sanctuary. The Lord is wanting to speak this to all of us today. I was thinking about how Solomon, he was the wisest man to ever live because the Lord granted him that wisdom. But he was not a know-it-all. Because even being the wisest man that ever lived, he still found himself in places that he should not have been. He still found himself in I guess I'll use the word relationships even though I don't want to use that word. He found himself in partnerships that he should not have been in. Taking on things from others that he should he had no business taking on. And if it was just as a matter of all God and no human, that would not have happened. But because God said, yeah, I'll give you all the wisdom you need and more, that you're going to be the smartest man that ever lived. Did you catch it? You're going to be the smartest man. You're still going to be a man. And you're still going to live. Therefore, if you read between the lines... You as a man living, you still are going to need me or you're going to find yourself with problems. All, the, all that's written in those early passages of Proverbs, which Brother Casa was reading today, that's the wisdom of God shared by a man who had to learn from experience. Uh, hang on, hang on. The Lord's going to help somebody right now. Because we want to look at ministers and say, well, when he gets good enough, I'll let him speak into my life. Or I would love to let him speak into my life, but I know that he did this or that. Or I just know that he's human. Who wrote the book of Proverbs? Mm-hmm. The Lord wrote the book of Proverbs. The wisdom of God wrote the book of Proverbs. He used Solomon to do it. But Solomon, if he just sat down on his own and said, Oh, yeah, uh, you're not supposed to go with the strange woman or the immoral woman. Now, don't look over in my, in my palace that I built over there a wing for some... The Lord wrote the book of Proverbs and shared that with us through his vessel, the man. Get wisdom, get understanding, get the Lord in your life. Get the Lord in your life and he will help you with these things. He will lead you in the, the right path. He will show you 
the relationship that you need to end. He will show you the influence in your life that's leading you to a place you do not belong. You get the Lord and He will help you with those things. Every eye closed for a moment. Every eye closed. We're not looking around and wondering what the Lord's doing or who He's talking to. He's talking to all of us right now. I'm asking you from a place of honesty inside of you, if you would open up to the Lord, speak to the Lord. Jesus, I need you. Jesus, I need you. You know me better than I know myself, Lord. And I could convince myself of a lot of things, Jesus. But I don't need any of that. I need you. I need your truth in my life, Jesus. I need your direction. I'm opening this altar. I'm asking you to find a place and pray. But I'm really asking you to find a place of honesty with the Lord. Come on. Find that place of honesty with the Lord. He'll meet you there. He will meet you there and He will lead and guide you to places in the Spirit that He wants to take us. In the name of Jesus, I surrender myself, Lord. God, even at my best, I'm still human. Even at my most spiritual, God, I'm still a man. I need you, Jesus. I need you in my life. I need you leading and guiding me, God. I need the wisdom that you would share with me. God, I need the understanding that you would allow me to walk in. In the name of Jesus. Come on, let's pray. Let's pray right now. Enter a place of prayer with the Lord. Jesus, in your name, all things are open before you, Jesus. You know it all, Lord God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Don't take this opportunity lightly. Right now, I'm asking this whole church, don't take this opportunity lightly. This is the Lord meeting us here. This is the Lord sharing Himself with us for our good. In the name of Jesus, He has a path He wants to lead you down. Come on, the ways of it are sure. The path that He wants to lead you down. There is no question and there is no worry. There is no fear and there is no doubt down the ways that He would lead us. God, I want to be led by your Spirit. God, I want to be led by your Spirit. In the name of Jesus, I'm encouraging you to reach out to the Lord right now. Reach out to the Lord right now. In the name of Jesus.
Hallelujah. While you're praying, I want to share what the Lord just impressed on me. If you could look 10 years into the future, if you could look 10 years into the future, would you look back on this day and say, I wish I would have listened to the Lord. I wish I would have listened to what the Lord was trying to tell me today. Or would you say, thank you, Jesus, for keeping me. Thank you, Jesus, for getting me on the right path. Thank you, Lord, for putting my feet, Lord, on a sure place, on a rock to stay. Oh, hallelujah. Come on, respond to what the Lord's doing right now. This is the invitation of the Lord for your life, for this day forward in your life. Respond to what the Lord is doing right now.
Make this your prayer. Lord, do your work in me. Do your work in me. Do your work in me, Lord Jesus. the Lord is still reaching right now the Lord is still reaching he wants to get a hold of somebody I wish you would just open your heart to the Lord open your heart to the Lord raise your hands close your eyes let the Lord get a hold of you right now oh hallelujah yes God yes God oh do your work in me Jesus do your work in me, Lord. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your holy name. Lord, I praise your name. Lord, I praise your name. Praise your holy name. All my worship I give to you. All my worship I give to you. I give my all, I give my all, all my worship, all my praise, I give my all, I give it to you, Jesus, I give it to you, Jesus, I give it to you, Lord. Speak your word into my life, God. Speak your word into my life, God. I want it to keep me, oh God. I want it to keep me in paths of righteousness. I want it to keep me in ways of understanding. The Lord said that wisdom will be the thing that keeps you. Wisdom will be the thing that keeps you. He's offering that wisdom to each of us today. The scripture says he gives it liberally to all men that ask for it. 
He gives it liberally to all men that ask for it. I don't have to just wonder, is the Lord going to help me? Is the Lord going to speak to me? Is the Lord going to lead me? No, He wants to give so much of it to you today that, that it removes any question in your life. I, it removes the question in your life. I don't know if the Lord's going to do this or not. I don't know if the Lord's working or not. It's, the Scripture says He upbraideth not. He's not going to withhold the thing that you're asking for when that thing is wisdom from the Lord. Give me wisdom, I pray, Lord Jesus. Give me wisdom, I pray, O oh God, to know the ways I should take, to know the words I need to speak, to know the places of prayer that I need to enter, to know the interactions, God, that you're reserving for me on a daily basis. Wisdom is the principal thing. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think it would be good if you just symbolize the prayer of making the Lord first in your life right now. Come on, if it helps you think about the other things that are down the list. I put you ahead of it, Lord God. I put you ahead of my family. I put you ahead of my job. I put you ahead of my friends, ahead of my friendships. I put you ahead of my pursuits, Lord God. I put you above all of it, Lord Jesus. I want you first in my life. I want you on the throne in my life, God. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I seek you first, Lord. I seek you first, Lord Jesus. I know, God, as the Scripture says, that you would add all of these other things to me, Lord, but I seek you first. I seek you first, Lord God. You're the primary thing that I'm after. You're the primary thing that I desire. More than wealth, oh God. More than status, Lord Jesus. More than comforts of this world. I seek you first, oh God. I seek you and your ways, oh God. Your righteousness is what I long for in my life.
Would you raise your hands to the Lord right now? Come on, before we go, I'm asking you to raise your hands. Surrender to the Lord. I surrender to you, Jesus. I lay my life down at your feet, God. All these upcoming decisions that I have to make, Lord. The future that lays before me, God, I submit it to you. I surrender it to you, Lord Jesus. I'm not seeking my own way, Father. I'm seeking your way. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. 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 I was reminded of scripture we said a while, a few weeks back, he teaches my hands to war. Brother Casa was ministering that. I believe the Lord wants to do that for each of us. He wants to teach us. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Brother Casa, Sister Casa, for being here with us today yes. and ministering to us. Amen. Amen. I'm encouraging you to greet one another. Let the Lord connect you in fellowship. You're dismissed in Jesus' name. Amen.